I have um, a few announcements. Um, the first, I just want to thank everybody that has volunteered in Kingdom Kids throughout the year. I mean, it's just been a great year. And I mean, I just want to, from the bottom of my heart and from my wife, thank you for the volunteers that do that. And if you are not a volunteer, there's always an opportunity to serve in Kingdom Kids. So with that said, so I, I'm, I was going to say, okay, Kingdom Kids, what time is it? But I'm going to say, Walker Kids, what time is it? <laughs> They're not going in? Oh. That's okay. It, so it's sort of funny because right now with all the cold, oh, there they go. Awesome. Okay, see, peer pressure. Don't fall into peer pressure, kids, unless it's to go to church. <laughs> awesome. So I wanted to give a shout out, and I don't know if you guys are aware, you know, since we live stream, we reach so many people, and we had no idea how many people were reaching. So I wrote down some of the places it's Michigan, North Dakota, Oklahoma. San Diego, um, and other Northern California cities, and Russia. So, and a little city called Oakview, too, sometimes I hear people watch it from down there. But it's just amazing what God is doing with the live stream technology that we have here. So, everybody out in the live stream, live stream world, welcome, and it's glad to have you here. So, but in, right now, can you just turn around and wave at the camera? From our friends all over the world. And if I didn't mention your state, you can send me an email and we'll give you a shout out again soon. <laughs> so, and then, so this last Wednesday, we had a youth um, movie night at the collection and shopping. So you want to put up the photo. It was just a great celebration. The kids all had a great time. They went to the collection. They got to say Sing 2. I don't know if anybody here is singing Sing 2. I hear it's really good. I've seen the trailers. And also the regular Sing is great. I mean, so if you have an opportunity to watch that movie, it has great adult humor in it as well so i mean it's a great great movie so uh, it's not a plug for the movie it sounds like it's an advertisement so i'm going to get penalized for that um so we'll move to christmas eve um christmas eve was what a wonderful celebration we got to do it was just awesome we got to really just worship the the prince of peace which is jesus and it was just a great intimate time we lit candles we prayed we sung it was just a great time so if you missed it I'm sorry, but it's also on, online, so you can watch it later. I was talking to Monte, and he goes, oh, bum, I missed it, but now you can watch it later. It'll be in our sermon library. So if anybody missed it, um, tune into our, um, to the library on our website. Um, also, um, it is the end of the year again, and if you are like me sometimes, the end of year giving is always the last thing. So I want to let you know, so get your giving in by the end of the year, because you can't go to me and go, hey, Tyler, here's a check I wanted to give you from... 2021, I'll say sorry, it has to go for 2022. But so just give before the end of 2021 if you want it to be for this year. Because, you know, I'm, you know, we don't want to give Uncle Sam more than we have to. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Coming from our finance guy. Um, so now we're going to watch a, uh, a video before we worship. Imagine Christmas is over. All the programs have been performed. All the pictures have been taken. The carolers are done singing. The holiday parties have come and gone. The presents are unwrapped. And the big dinners have all been eaten. The Christmas music is turned off. The family's headed back home. Someone from work is on the phone. The kids have a practice to get to. The house needs to be cleaned. The bills still need to be paid. The groceries are running low. The stock market is still down and up and down. The TV is still on. The news is still worrisome. Life just keeps going as if Christmas never happened. 
But it did happen. Look around. The church is full of family and friends and laughter. Because the baby is still the Savior. And the Savior is still the gift held out. To a world still looking for joy. An earth still waiting for peace. And the peaceful still sing in wonder. Of the God who gave his son. And the son who gave his life to add us to his family and one day welcome us home. Imagine Christmas is over. But remember that it really happened. And it changed everything. If you had an opportunity to be with us Christmas Eve, or maybe you watched the service online, uh, we talked about Jesus being the Prince of Peace, right? And we looked at Isaiah 9, 6 on Christmas Eve, and it says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that title, that name Prince of Peace, really stuck out to me in light of this last year as I was reflecting on what's happened globally in the country, in my life, in the life of this church, and, and this Prince of Peace. And we looked on Friday that, that really peace in the Old Testament is shalom, right? Shalom is a word that many of you may be familiar with. It was in the context was a greeting for welcome and goodbye, kind of like, I guess, like aloha, right? You'd say it coming and going. Well, shalom is a greeting and also a, a way of saying goodbye. And, and it's translated peace. And we saw on Friday that, that peace, shalom, really is not really primarily about circumstance. It is not about the absence of war or distress, hostility, stress, anxiety, right? Many of us, when we, when we equate, when we think, I just want some peace and quiet, we're thinking of changed circumstances, Right? And that's not really what the Prince of Shalom came to do. And it's interesting. I was thinking of the circumstances in which Jesus was born, and they were pretty trying times. There were political groups, religious groups, all vying for control. Right, uh, There was uh, economic disparity between the very wealthy and the very poor. And I don't know if many of you, you know, maybe you got lost in the tradition of it all, but Jesus and Mary ended up uh, in Bethlehem because of a government mandate. We call it a decree, right? But there was a mandate handed down from Rome, and the whole Christmas story happened because of a mandate. Now, what's really cool about that is, you know, I'm pretty sure Caesar Augustus didn't really know about Micah 5 and the prophecy, but isn't it cool how God can use the things of the world to fulfill his plan, he's still in control. And, and as you're wondering about how to maneuver through this mandate, Jesus was born in Bethlehem to fulfill a prophecy from Micah, all because of a decree slash mandate from Rome. Is that like a great testimony that God is in control? Right? Just this perspective, right? So the Prince of Shalom comes with economic disparity, groups fighting for control, and under... A, Rome, a Roman mandate, right? So he comes to bring shalom, peace. And we saw that shalom is about completeness. It's wholeness. It's harmony, okay? Now, you might have a sense of, of, of tranquility and calm, but it's not outside in. It's inside out. It's inside out. William Barclay says this, in the Bible, the word for peace, shalom, never means simply the absence of trouble. It means everything which makes for our highest good. The peace which the world offers us is the peace of escape. The peace which comes from the avoidance of trouble and from re refusing to face things, right? Ah, oh, you know, I just want some peace and quiet. 
Turn off the TV, ah, right? I'm in some peace and quiet. Where shalom is rooted in relationship. Okay, so, so the world says peace is based on external circumstances. Shalom is relationship, right relationship with God, first and foremost, that brings wholeness, completeness, harmony. And when you are in shalom vertically, it plays out this way. Okay, a lot of the turmoil that we have, even sometimes within the church or within families, is just honestly because people are out of peace this way. And when, when you're not in peace this way, there's going to be discord this way. Okay? And so sometimes if you're having an issue relationally with someone and, and you're not in harmony, and just, don't try to fix them. Look inward first. And maybe you need to call time out and everyone needs to go to the corner and get right with God and then you can come back. Because out of, in, out of being in shalom this way, the shalom goes this way. Right? I love this verse, Psalm 4.8. I will lie down and sleep in peace, shalom. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You see the connection there? Between being at peace and having this right relationship with God and just affecting something like sleep. Right? And I talked about on, on Friday, you know, how many of us, sometimes we have, we, we're not able to sleep because Honestly, we're just being pulled in all kinds of different directions. Our mind is spinning. Shh, we're thinking about the bills. We're thinking about, you know, relationships. We're thinking about health issues and all this stuff. Shh, right? And then other times when we, when we maybe pray before you go to sleep, that's a great time to pray. Why? Because it's a time to bring you back into shalom. Right? Whatever happened, you quiet your heart. And instead of, you know, going to sleep, you know, they even say, uh, health-wise, you shouldn't be on your phone or your tablets, what, about an hour before you go to sleep because of the blue light, the effect on your cycle, your sleep cycle, that the light, right? How many of you, and I'll be guilty of this, how many of us tend to be on our phone or tablet right before we go to sleep, right? It's, it's too close, right? Well, there's health, there's health issues about that. It affects your ability to go to sleep. How much different if you were to turn it all off and spend some quiet time in prayer, just, shh, right? It's so funny, you know. My wife and I would try that. You know, we had seasons of trying to, yeah, so we'd try this prayer. Yeah, go right to bed. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, I'm going to pray first, and you pray, right? <laughs> so I'm praying, and suddenly it's like, she gone, right? <laughs> well, what a great way to go to sleep, even as a couple, praying together, right? Coming all back, just yielding whatever happened to the Lord, committing the next day, whatever's on your heart, asking the Lord to kind of calm you down, asking the Lord to watch over you while you sleep, watch over your kids. Cast your burdens on the Lord. It's just coming back into harmony and wholeness. See what that does. Maybe, maybe that'll help some of you, right? Just come back to praying. Turn off the phone, turn off the media, and just pray. Get quiet before the Lord before you go to sleep. Right, so, so we're talking about shalom, prince of shalom. Alexander McLaren says, peace comes not from the absence of trouble, but from the presence of Christ. Right, and we saw Ephesians 2, Jesus himself is our peace. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So biblically, if you and I want to experience peace, it begins with Jesus. That's just the biblical teaching. Why? Because when you put your faith in Christ, right, the Bible says now we have what? Peace with God. Romans 5.1, we talked about this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and which we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So that we're justified again. We saw, why do we have peace with God? Why do we have shalom with God? Well, when you put your faith in Jesus, two things happen. Legal declaration, not guilty. And then you're blessed by your being clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Amen? So peace, remember, this is very important. There's a radical difference between peace and truce. And I asked this question on Friday night. How many of you have ever had a conflict happen in your home 
and people get mad. Da, 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 da. I, you know, I went through a ringer with my older sister growing up. Da, 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 da. And you kind of just, everything calms down and you call a truce, but there's no peace. Anyone? It's real quiet in the house, but y'all know there's no peace. And all it's going to take is one little spark to fire it off again, right? And so a lot of us, I think when we put our faith in Jesus, we think that with God, now there's just this truce. And he's sort of like waiting for you to mess up and so he can be mad at you again. That's not the gospel. The good news of the gospel is when you put your faith in Jesus, you're declared not guilty, sort of the truce, but now you're, you have peace because you're wrapped in the righteousness of Christ, Amen. The peace comes because now you're adopted into his family. You're his son, you're his daughter, and he likes you. He likes you and he loves you. That's peace. See, that's that deep core peace that honestly, we can, I think some of us as believers, we kind of gloss over that. Oh yeah, I have peace with God. But just think for a moment. The deepest need that we honestly have as humans is what? Peace with God. Peace with God. And when you take the time to really reflect on being right with God, if you're a believer here or listening online, what does it really mean that as you sit here, you have peace with the God of the universe? Not just that he's not mad at you, but that he loves you. And he's pleased with you. Like, okay, Turn to the person next to you and say, he's pleased with you. He, he's pleased with you. Now, now, that's hard for some believers to really accept because we're our own worst critics. How many of you keep a scorecard of how many times you messed up? Today already, and it's only 1030. And so it's like we wake up and we kind of like, oh, you did it again. Oh, you did it again. Oh, you did it again. And rather than celebrating shalom, rather than celebrating father smiling and wanting the best for us, we walk around and we just do all these tick marks about how bad we messed up and how angry and disappointed father must be again. Who wants to live under that? That's what Jesus came to set us free from. Amen. That's why through faith in Jesus, we have peace. If there's anybody on this planet, given the global circumstances, who should be walking around into every circumstances with completeness, wholeness, harmony, it's us. Why? Because we're right with God. And no matter what happens in our life, and if we call it worst case, our time on this planet is over, oh, we go to heaven. Why, why, where did it get all out of whack, out of shalom? Think about that. We say all this, we amen all this, and then we leave these doors in just a few minutes, and it's going to be like, ah, we're out of shalom again. We're sitting here. How many right now feel kind of shalom? Okay. Now, I'm going to encourage you, and this is what we're going to look at more in this, how to make shalom real, because Father wants you to live in shalom. He wants you to live your life out of this deep sense of completeness, of harmony, of wholeness, beginning with him. Bringing this sense of peace, this, you know, I, on, on Friday I said, okay, release the pit in your stomach. That deep tension that you're wondering, if you'll just, ugh. And it was so funny, on, I, I said that on Friday and so many people went, ugh, in such a good way. Because again, so many of us still walk on eggshells. We're not walking in joy and in celebration of victory. We're walking on eggshells, kind of like this, afraid to mess up again and disappoint Father again. That's not shalom. Shalom means you have harmony. You're complete. You're whole, right? And I was trying to think, how, how can we connect with this a little bit? And I remember years ago when we first got here in early 2000s, it was when the church basketball league was happening over here at Sarasota, and in the church that we were at, we had some good players, and, and we were a pretty strong team, a lot of former athletes, tall guys, and, and you know, we won the league champions, championship several years, and, and it was funny because there were times when we would show up, and we were, you know, we never knew who we were going to play, you just kind of show up, you see them on the schedule, but you don't know initially how good they are, and, and honestly, we were out there to have fun, and, and, and win, but we had to have fun, and um, 
there were times when we would show up and God bless them, the other team, we just knew. You know, they were to have a good time and maybe, you know, didn't really play sports growing up and we kind of knew that we were going to win. I mean, that's not being arrogant or anything. We just knew, right? You just kind of knew. And so our whole approach to the game was different. It was one of peace. We still had to play the game, but deep in our core, we kind of knew the outcome, right? Now, there were ups and downs, and maybe we would go on a cold streak, and, you know, we'd get a little bit. But deep down from before the tip-off, we kind of knew the outcome. And so it changed our whole approach to the game, and it was played from a level of confidence and peace and, you know, shalom kind of. And, and that's what I was trying to connect with. I'm trying to connect. We're on the winning team, Christians. We win. Amen? Like, regardless of what happens, regardless of what happens in 2022, because we have shalom with the prince of shalom and we're justified, we're on the winning team. Your name is in the book of life, so you can engage life from the winning team men- mentality. Amen? You got to get that. Again, so many of us as believers, we're scrambling and we're like feeling this defeated and we kind of know. And if you really don't know, I give you permission to cheat at the end of the book. Go read the end of the book. We win. We win. Right? I mean, maybe... As we close out 2021 and 2022, maybe, you know, I encourage you to maybe have a time of reflection if it works in your schedule this week. Maybe we just need to reflect that we win. We're on the winning team. And choose to engage 2022 with that mentality like, you know what, we kind of know the outcome, don't we? Now, there might be ups and downs and lefts and rights and stuff on the news, but truth be known, we know the outcome. We do. That's what made the early believers, even the martyrs in the early, fearless, courageous. They knew the outcome. And this is what the world needs to see from the church. People in shalom, people in peace, in harmony, in wholeness, engaging all the ups and downs of whatever's going to happen in the next months or year. And someone will go, there's something different about you. You're not as riled up like the rest of us. You know, there's something, and you seem to like have this deep peace. You seem to, and, and it's a great opportunity to say, it's the Lord. And, and, and you know what? It's because deep down I have shalom. I'm right with God. And that rightness with God is now permeating everything out this way, right? And so we're going to look at this this morning, this, this idea of peace a little bit more. So we have peace with God. And it's interesting because we're moving from 2021 into 2022, and I was, I was looking at this passage in John 14, and in John 14, Jesus is prepping his disciples for him, his departure. He's going to go back to the Father, okay? So kind of a transition as well. And he wants to give them encouragement. He wants to give them some helps. And so in John 14, he actually says in verse 1, let not your heart be troubled, okay? And then he kind of goes on this whole uh, teaching discourse. In John 15, uh, 14, in verses 15 to 17, he talks about, hey, I'm leaving Let not your heart be troubled. And and in 15 and 17 verses, he says, and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, helper. You're getting the Holy Spirit, okay? And then in John 14, 27, he says this. Remember, the context of this is, hey, guys, I'm about to leave. I know you're going to kind of wig out. I know, you know, I've been with you. And you're probably going to be like, what? Right? What are we going to do? You're leaving. So I want you to relax. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. And then he says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So he's leaving. He says again, hey, relax. Let not your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. We know in verse 15 to 17, he gave the Holy Spirit. And then in 27, verse 27, and I'm giving you something else. My peace. Did you receive a gift yesterday? And you opened it and you're like, cool, thank you, but I really don't know what to do with this. 
Anyone ever get a gift like that? Like someone's really happy to give it to you and maybe they're watching your reaction and you open it and you deep down, like I appreciate the effort, money, time, whatever, and you're like, I don't know what to do with this. Anyone, you're, you're right, you're like, thank you. Thank you, right? As opposed to, you know, something real practical, right? Like, like Jordan, where are, where are you, Jordan? So we were in San Diego last night. Jordan's wearing a sweater he got last night. He opened that sweater up, and everyone was like, woo! And look, he's wearing it today, right? Look at him. Yes, he's posing now. He stood up. Yes, there he is, right? The Christmas sweater. The Christ- so that's one of those gifts you're like, sweet. Puts it on, tries it on last night, right? And he's, right? Sometimes I think when we hear this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, it's a gift. We get peace and we're like, cool. Thanks, Jesus. What do we do with it? I don't know. Put it on the mantle. What do you do with peace? Like, he's leaving. He says, you get the Holy Spirit and you get my peace. How, how, do you, how do you use that? Like, what? I mean, I'm sure we're like, cool, okay, cool, great. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. It's the instruction manual for peace? Like, how do I make this real in my life? Like, he gave it to me. It's a gift. And he says, not as the world gives. It's his peace. So this is a supernatural peace. Okay, this is a supernatural Jesus peace given to his disciples, given to us, right? So we're not scared and we're not troubled. What's the instructions? How do I apply this, right? It's funny. um, Our kids gave us a, a coffee maker, gave my wife. One of those coffee maker things, espresso thing or whatever, something, I don't know, something. And <laughs> supposed to put the little pods in, right? And so we opened it, uh, we did our Christmas thing. When did we do it? Thursday morning? Something. Yeah, Thursday morning or something, because that's when everyone was in town. So we opened this gift, and it says, go, oh, we're going to make fancy, fancy pod coffee, right? <laughs> so we, my son fills it up, follows the instructions, and, and like turned it on and then like it wouldn't wouldn't get the water the pump didn't work and so it started with my son then me then jordan then zeke then garrett there were like five of us at one point i went on youtube the good old youtube hacks right you know when when this brand doesn't work you know, so I'm like blowing in a straw. I'm like, we're putting a balloon in there. <laughs> like, because apparently there was an airlock, right? And there was an airlock and you couldn't get the... Finally, they tried something. I think it was a combination of all the YouTube hacks and five of us around the table. Finally, like, you, you should have heard the yell when this trickle of water finally came through. We're like, whoa! Let there be coffee, right? <laughs> we had to fix it, you know, and you do all this stuff. And it's like, okay, so peace... How do I get the peace into my life? Because there's like an airlock. <laughs> Seems like there's a spiritual airlock. I push, I push the button pump, and as you hear it go, but there's nothing here. And you're reading this like, okay, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. How do I get that into my cup? How do I, how do, I do this? And, and this is what I want to focus on to give you a practical help of so how to get the gift of peace, his peace flowing because he wants it to flow in my life and your life every day. Amen? Okay? Right? So we have the Holy Spirit, supernatural Holy Spirit, and we have this supernatural peace. And so I just want to give you some practical helps today. Colossians 3.15 says this. Let the peace of Christ, again, here's his peace. He's the source. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. In context, we're talking about unity of the body, which comes, unity in the church comes from the peace of Christ, vertical to horizontal, okay? So he says here, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So if you want, right, the, the, the flow, first thing you have to understand is it's a choice. Let the peace of Christ. You have to make a decision. Now, what's really fascinating in this verse 
Let the peace of Christ, okay, so it's a, he's the source, it's his peace, not, not man-made, it's supernatural, fruit of the Holy Spirit. Rule in your hearts. That word rule kind of blew me away. The word picture for the word rule is an umpire. It's an umpire presiding over the athletic games in that culture of popular Greek children. They would have umpires or officials, right? The peace of Christ rule in your hearts. They're talking about a divine umpire. The peace of Christ being the umpire in your life. Now think about it in an athletic contest, whether it's baseball or football, right? Real football, right, Martin, right? The umpire, the referee, what do they do? They keep it all going. They manage it. They're the authority, right? They're ne- it's a necessity for it to function correctly, okay? Now, it talks about arbitrating, deciding arguments, right? Things that happen during the game. The umpire makes the final call. Not everyone's happy with it, but there is a source of authority in the game, right? Now, what's crazy, what's interesting is that sometimes, especially in baseball, I'm not, I've seen it in football too, the players and managers sometimes aren't happy. And you get this, right? Now, I love this because look at the player. He's, he's unhappy, but look at the umpire, the peace of Christ. <laughs> Unfazed, amen? Now, it's not, an, you can keep that, it's not a perfect illustration because sometimes the umpires lose it themselves and they start going back but i love that because how many things in your life right now are clamoring in your head fear worry insecurity doubt anger right they're raging all around you jordan go ahead and put that up and the peace of christ is unfazed the peace of christ is the umpire sorting it all out not getting caught up into it So for us, we have to choose to let the peace of Christ be the divine umpire for all the emotion and all the things of media and all the circumstances come into our life. The peace of Christ is the divine umpire running it all. Amen? That's powerful because many of us get caught up in the moment. And sometimes you see the umpires, they get caught up in the moment and then, you know, they're going back and forth. What I love, you know, is, is I've seen this even in football, right? The, the umpires will be surrounded by players, and they're unfazed. They just look at them, nope, nope, and I love it. They just got yellow card, <laughs> right? They get back in line. They have to maintain order. They maintain order. They bring stability. They bring structure to the game to function correctly. Well, the, it says here, let the peace of Christ umpire your hearts right why is it important because proverbs 4 23 says this above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it so maybe if you're not in experiencing the peace that jesus wants you to have it's because you never really understand that the peace of christ is the umpire in your life And all these things that come at you, they throw you off and they distract you and they get you sideways and you're spinning and you're getting all tied up in knots. And you got to say, hey, ump, do your job. (laughs) Hey, ump, get this under control. Get this under control. I'm going to let you be umpire, right? And he may have to yellow card some fear and red card (laughs) some anger. He might have to sort it out and put, put the emotions, everything back where it needs to be so that the peace of Christ can rule. Amen? Right? Because you've seen it when, when games sometimes say, oh, you know, the, the ump has lost control of the game or the referee has lost control of the game. It's mayhem, right? But when you have a strong umpire, a strong referee, everyone kind of settles down and there's sort of this general unity. Not everyone's happy with everything, but at least it functions the way it's supposed to. Right? Ken Hughes says this, how much misery we would avoid if we permitted the peace of Christ to umpire in our hearts. How many words we would hold back if he were the arbitrator in our lives. How many sleepless nights would we forego if we did that? How the church needs this too, since as members of one body you were called to peace. 
No, the commentator says this. Let the peace of Christ act as an umpire when angry, envy, and such passions arise and restrain them in your hearts. Many wear a peaceful countenance and speak peace with the mouth while war is in their hearts. And so a real practical way to get the peace flowing, maybe the next day before the new year, ask yourself, who's ruling? Who's, the, who's been the umpire? Right? Fear, insecurity, worry, anger, maybe flesh, the self, your desires. Maybe you need to settle the issue about who the, who's running the game in your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Radical, radical change can happen, okay? And then it talks about abiding. It's a fruit of the Spirit, right? Galatians 5.23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. So we, Colossians tells us we make a choice. We understand peace of Christ. This is a divine umpire, if you want to call it that. And you also remember, biblical peace, the peace that Jesus wants us to have, it's a, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can't make it. It's not man-made. And if it's going to be a fruit, what did we see in John 15? You have to abide. Remember, Jesus said, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. So if you want the fruit of peace, biblical peace, you got to go back to abiding in Jesus. Okay? One uh, commentator, I, I can get their name, says this. When we do not have peace... It is because somewhere we are not appropriating or resting in God's grace. Remember, peace does not mean the absence of pain or hurt. It means that in our pain, our hurt, we have peace because we know the Lord. And we know he is in control. And ultimately, it is a manifestation of the supernatural fruit of the Spirit. Amen. So again, ask yourself a couple, this is very practical today. I just wanted to make it practical. Is the peace of Christ the empire in your life? Are you allowing that? Do you want that? Okay. Do you recognize that it's a fruit of the Spirit and that if you want the fruit of the Spirit, all the fruit of the Spirit, you have to abide. Jesus says, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. So the focus is abiding, staying connected. Okay. Three practical ways. Okay. Three practical ways to abide. Three practical things we can do to stay connected. Okay, to manifest peace and all the fruit. Number one, fellowship. Community of believers. Sharing lives. Sharing your life, what's going on. Also being a good listener to someone else. Hebrews 10. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Why is this important? Why is it important to be connected to the church? Because honestly, when things happen in my life and your life, we just need each other to honestly see. Maybe now you'll reframe it and you say, hey, can we get together? Because the peace of Christ, I'm struggling with the peace of Christ right now. You see how different that is? You can actually get together with a brother and sister in Christ, share lives intentionally designed to help one another maintain the peace of Christ. You say, hey, you know, I'm kind of struggling with something and, and I'm just not feeling the peace of Christ. And, and you get together with someone and, and you share your heart. You know, I've shared before, sometimes I'll do that with Tyler or some of the other elders. It's like, hey man, can I just dump on you for a little bit? And, and when I say, hey man, can I come and dump on you for a little bit? What I'm really saying is, hey man, I'm getting kind of riled up. I'm getting kind of pulled in all these directions. Things are yelling at the umpire. And, and I, need, I need to, you know, offload it and so that I can reframe it and get the peace of Christ back. It's the value of the church, okay? It's the value of the church. Second thing you could do is prayer. Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So number one, connection with the church. Number two, prayer. And what is prayer? We talked about this. We went through a whole series on the Lord's Prayer. Fundamentally, prayer is this, acknowledging that you're coming into the presence of God. 
So if you're all riled up and all these things are yelling at the umpire called peace of Christ, what you need to do is you need to come before Father and say, Father, I just need to sit in your presence. And here's the thing. There might be times when it's um, very quiet and you don't say a word, but you're just in his presence. There may be other times when you might be venting and ranting and raving, and he can take that. There may be other times when you're confessing. There may be other times when you're sharing burdens. But the whole point of it is when the peace of Christ is off and it's not flowing, prayer brings you right back to the presence of Christ. So when it says prayer, don't be too concerned about what you're saying or how to say it just right. You know what what prayer is? Come into the presence of God and sit there. Because the Bible says you don't even know what you ought to pray sometimes. The Holy Spirit prays. We're so quick to think that prayer is talking at God. Sometimes prayer is just sitting before God. Okay? So prayer. And then number three, all right, fellowship, prayer, how to get the peace flowing. The word. God's promises. Look at Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. So we're talking about getting into the word. And trusting God's promises. Here's, here's an incredible promise. If you want to engage the world with, with peace this coming year, Romans 8, 28. We know that for those who love God, all things. Everyone say all things. All things. All means all, right? I mean, just, you know, I can't overcomplicate it. All is all. Whatever you, big, small, all. All things Work together for the good. Amen? For those who are called according to his purpose. If you're a child of God, anything and everything that happens that he allows for his purpose, he'll work out for your good. Amen? There's some great peace in that. There's some great peace behind that promise. Okay? So three practical things. Fellowship, prayer, the word. So maybe you're like, I've, had, uh, I've seen that verse so many times. Jesus says, my peace I give you. And, 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 but no, man, I've had this spiritual airlock. I kept pushing the button and I hear everything, but it's not flowing into my life. Well, maybe it's just one of those three things that's not working where it needs to be. Now you have some practical, right? Those are three like pillars, three foundational things that you can do to experience the peace of God because you're keeping the umpire ruling in your heart and you're now you're equipped to handle whatever see again i think a lot of times not only do we that do we forget that we're on the winning side we forget that we're equipped to handle anything that comes our way he's given everything uh, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness the holy spirit and his peace okay think about that just let 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 we're right on the cusp of a new year, if you were to meditate on those two truths for 2022, he's given you the Holy Spirit and he's given you his peace for whatever might happen in 2022. Amen? (laughs) Now I get it because for the last year and a half, we as a country and citizens, you know, we've been so on the receiving end. And almost like, what next? And what next? And very reactive and, you know, start, stop, duh, duh, duh. And even reason, right, right. Okay, that may, never, that may never change. But what can change is that you go into 2022 with the knowing that you have the Holy Spirit and Jesus' peace. And not only do you just amen those, you now know how to get the peace flowing and staying there. Fellowship, prayer, the word. Okay, it's, it's, it sounds, oh, that's really foundational and it's really kind of basic. That's kind of the Christian walk. It's foundational and basic. You know, we, we try to keep it that way. We kind of like, don't want to overcomplicate it. So just some thoughts again. You know, I know, you know, every time I say, does anyone here do New Year's resolutions? It's like nobody. But I will encourage you, maybe, if you're thinking about the new year, here's something. If you do a Bible reading plan, great. You know, some of you like that, and every year you want to read through the Bible. I encourage that. Be in the Word, right? That's a great way to be in the Word. Maybe for the new year, you just pick peace as the theme. Just have a theme. 
In 2022, I want to focus on peace with God and the peace of God. I'm going to look up verses. I'm going to study on my own. I'm going to gather some people around me. Think about this, a small group of men or women. You know what you could do in a small group? You can gather regularly and say, how's the peace of Christ in your life going, bro? Right? Until tomorrow, and then you're like, ah. Right? That's all you have to do. Sometimes, again, you're right. We, we get these Bible studies, and we got to study more, and we got to get more information, more information. No, what you really need to do is love one another and encourage one another and create a small group where once a week, once every two weeks, you just go around, and everyone gets a chance to share how they're doing with the peace of Christ. And you get to love and encourage and pray for one another, give counsel, biblical counsel, and dealing with the different issues that are in the yelling at the umpire. Right? It's as simple as that. Really. So maybe, again, this is just something that came into my mind. Maybe it's, you know, you do a Bible reading plan, but maybe you do a theme. Maybe it's another fruit of the Spirit. But it's kind of like this heart theme that gives you kind of like your own personal direction for the new year. But since we were talking about peace, I'm like, even for me, I would love to kind of focus on 2022. What does that really mean to have peace with God? Wake up every day and say, I'm right with God. <laughs> and then walk out every day going, and you know what? I got the Holy Spirit and I got Jesus' peace. And make that for a whole year. See what happens in your life if you really dug some deep roots with biblical peace in 2022. Could be a cool year. Could be a cool year. Isaiah 26.3, we'll close with this. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. You will keep in perfect shalom all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So really the three things, fellowship, prayer, the word, it's just to help us keep our thoughts fixed on him. Because how many of you find it real easy to get distracted? Right? Just, we're gonna open these doors in a few minutes here and it's just gonna come at you. See, that's what I love about church is that we get to call time out. You intentionally come, you're at home and, and you call time out. But I know what's waiting. How many of you know that something's waiting for you outside the door? Your schedule, your busyness, texts, emails that have come in already this morning, right? It's all waiting for you. But the crazy thing is, you can leave here. I got the Holy Spirit and I got the peace of Jesus and radically experience life differently even when you leave today. Crazy, right? Crazy. Close with this. John MacArthur says this. The real challenge of the Christian life is not to eliminate every unpleasant circumstance. It is to trust in the good purpose of our infinite, holy, sovereign, powerful God in every difficulty. Those who honor him by trusting him will experience the blessings of his perfect peace. So Father, thank you that on this last Sunday in 2021, we're reminded that Jesus gives us his peace. His peace. The same peace that he gave his disciples in preparing them for his departure, we have the ability as children of God through the power of the Holy Spirit to experience regularly, consistently, the same supernatural peace. And Father, before a bill comes up for communion, we just want to take a moment now. And maybe that word picture helps us that, that we're to let the peace of Christ be the umpire. And maybe there's just been things that have been yelling in our face. And we're going to ask you, Father, as only you can do, again, the power of the Holy Spirit, we want the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts. We want the peace of Christ in our own life and then because we have the peace of Christ, we can now manifest that peace in our relationships and in every circumstance flowing from a right relationship with you to right relationships out in the world. And Father, I pray for those who are here and those who are listening that maybe the first step as we conclude 2021 and go into a new year is to be right with you, to put their faith in the Prince of Shalom, to trust Jesus as Savior and Lord, to be justified, not guilty, declared fully righteous. 
And if that's you this morning, I encourage you, put your faith in Jesus. And the best way you know how you can pray something like you say, dear God, this morning I'm trusting Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And the best way I know how I believe that he died for me, rose from the dead, that I could have peace with you, peace with you, oh God. That's what I want, peace with you through Jesus. So this morning I'm putting my faith in Jesus, oh God. Thank you for sending him to die for me. I trust him completely for my salvation. Give uh, Bill an opportunity to come up and he'll, he'll lead us into communion. And so, you know, with that, we can take communion, and it can be, sometimes taking communion can be quite solemn, can't it? And yet other times it can be quite celebratory. And you see, it's okay, because when we take communion, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist is called in some traditions, you see, we take this for a very specific reason, you see, because it's, a, it's, a, it's an issue of obedience on the one hand, but mostly it's a heart issue this taking of communion. So as we do that this morning, I think it's important that we understand that we have to prepare our hearts to take this communion. Because Jesus said that we are to take this in remembrance of him. It's so important. In 1 Corinthians, we read that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. And here it is. Do this in remembrance of me because, oh, do we need to remember the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. We need to remember the Lord Jesus because the world is full. As Richie just said, all kinds of things that are competing. And we need to remember him. Verse 25 says, In the same way he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So whether you do that, solemnly this morning or in your heart with great victory and celebration this ordinance we call communion do it as you've examined your heart knowing that you have the shalom of God the peace of God and we're celebrating not only his birth but his death his resurrection until he comes. Amen? Amen. The music will play Take Communion as you are ready. I have um, a few announcements. Um, the first, I just want to thank everybody that has volunteered in Kingdom Kids throughout the year. I mean, it's just been a great year. And I mean, I just want, from the bottom of my heart and from my wife, thank you for the volunteers that do that. And if you are not a volunteer, there's always an opportunity to serve in Kingdom Kids. So, with that said, so I'm, I was going to say, okay, Kingdom Kids, what time is it? But I'm going to say, Walker Kids, what time is it? <laughs> They're not going in? Oh. <laughs> That's okay. It, so it's sort of funny because right now with all the cold, oh, there they go. Awesome. Okay, see, peer pressure. Don't fall into peer pressure, kids, unless it's to go to church. <laughs> awesome. So I wanted to give a shout out, and I don't know if you guys are aware, you know, since we live stream, we reach so many people, and we had no idea how many people were reaching. 
So I wrote down some of the places. It's Michigan, North Dakota, Oklahoma, San Diego, um, and other Northern California cities, and Russia. So, and a little city called Oakview, too, sometimes I hear people watch it from down there. But it's just amazing what God is doing with the live stream technology that we have here. So everybody out in the live stream, live stream world, welcome, and it's glad to have you here. So, but in, right now, can you just turn around and wave at the camera? From our friends all over the world. And if I didn't mention your state, you can send me an email and we'll give you a shout out again soon. <laughs> so, and then, so this last Wednesday, we had a youth um, movie night at the collection and shopping. So you want to up the photo. It was just a great celebration. The kids all had a great time. They went to the collection. They got to say Sing 2. I don't know if anybody here is Sing, sing 2. I hear it's really good. I've seen the trailers and also the regular Sing is great. I mean, so if you have an opportunity to watch that movie, it has great adult humor in it as well. So, I mean, it's a great, great movie. So, uh, it's not a plug for the movie. It sounds like it's an advertisement, so I'm going to get penalized for that. Um, so, we'll move to Christmas Eve. Um, Christmas Eve was what a wonderful celebration we got to do. It was just awesome. We got to really just worship the, the Prince of Peace, which is Jesus. And it was just a great intimate time. We lit candles, we prayed, we sung. And it was just a great time. So if you missed it, I'm sorry, but it's also on, online, so you can watch it later. I was talking to Monte, and he goes, oh, bum, I missed it. But now you can watch it later. It will be in our sermon library. So if anybody missed it, um, tune into our um to the library on our website. Um, also, um, it is the end of the year again, and if you are like me sometimes, the end of year giving is always the last thing. So I wanna let you know, so get your giving in by the end of the year, because you can't go to me and go, here, tell her, here's a check I wanted to give you from 2021. I'm gonna all say sorry, it has to go for 2022, but so just give before the end of 2021 if you want it to be for this year, because you know, you know we don't wanna give Uncle Sam more than we have to, so. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Coming from our finance guy. Um, so now we're going to watch a, uh, a video before we worship. Imagine Christmas is over. All the programs have been performed, all the pictures have been taken. The carolers are done singing. The holiday parties have come and gone. The presents are unwrapped. And the big dinners have all been eaten. The Christmas music is turned off. The family's headed back home. Someone from work is on the phone. The kids have a practice to get to. The house needs to be cleaned. The bills still need to be paid. The groceries are running low. The stock market is still down and up and down. TV is still on. The news is still worrisome. Life just keeps going as if Christmas never happened. But it did happen. Look around. The church is full of family and friends and laughter because the baby is still the savior and the savior is still the gift held out to a world still looking for joy an earth still waiting for peace and the peaceful still sing in wonder of the God who gave his son and the son who gave his life to add us to his family and one day welcome us home. Imagine 
Christmas is over. But remember that it really happened. And it changed everything.